Hey, Street Fighters, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. It's Wednesday night, time for a street fight. Brian and I, Brett Payne, will do our live show. We'll yell at each other's faces like we started almost nine years ago now. Uh, we've been spreading our mess across the U.S. and doing our podcast two times a week, every single week, Wednesday and Sunday nights, taking calls on Sunday nights. And actually, if you subscribe to the podcast, which you should, and leave five-star reviews and all of that, we just did an interview with Morgan Harper. She's running for the third district in Ohio. That's the Columbus area. She's going up against Joyce Beatty, the incumbent Democrat, and she had a lot of great things to say. So if you missed it or your feed updated too quickly, there is a really wonderful interview. And you can follow follow what she's doing at MH4OH on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, thanks, Morgan, for being on the show. It was a lot of fun, and I understand your team was nervous before coming on the show. We're not trying to ruin anybody's uh, campaigns here, so I'm glad it worked out. You can also support Street Fight Radio by heading over to Patreon.com. That's where you sign up for a monthly donation. For that $5 a month, you'll get access to bonus audio, bonus video, and bonus zines. We just watched some kind of monster, the Metallica documentary. First the, half. The first half of it. We're going to finish it, I swear. That's going up today over on Patreon. <laughs> you can listen to Shocktober. You can listen to Teen Fight Radio. You can listen to American Podcasts. You can listen to The Holy Boys and March Madness. That's all coming this month. Tomorrow, March to Madness. Patreon. So, yes, bonus audio is happening. Lots of extra content. Brian's been working a lot on that, and uh, I can't wait to hear it. So head over to patreon.com slash Radio and please support what we do. We're not selling you mattresses. We're not trying to sell you any sort of supplements uh, or any uh, legal Zoom, any of the horse shit you hear on other podcasts we are ad free for street fire radio thanks for being here i'm brett he's brian how's it going i'm okay i uh oh i didn't know my dab i um yeah march madness comes out the first episode uh canadians uh canada's favorite son uh don cherry uh-huh. tomorrow uh with john cullen my co-host on the pod cast and the wonderful stefan heck the yes. host of block party genius uh, Don Cherry, uh, weird dude, man. Brett, I'll tell you this about him. He was voted in the top 10 most important Canadians in the history of the country, and he beat the guy that came up with universal health care. <laughs> so, wow. That's Don Cherry tomorrow. So this uh, is today. <laughs> so you did Shocktober about shock jocks. March Madness is about sports. It sports talk. Okay, I couldn't do sports talk radio because honestly, here's the deal, everybody. There has to be an archive of the person that I'm covering. Basically, it has to be on YouTube because I have YouTube Premium, and uh, that's how I listen to a lot of it because I'm doing it while I walk around, and. Uh, a lot of them weren't there, but I picked some icons, obviously, and uh, I'm listening to Sports Talk Radio for the first time with you. So who else you got planned? Jim Rome. Dude. Worst person of all of them. I'm going to tell you right now, I have covered many radio guys now. Too many. 
radio guys somebody told me today that i could have a phd in media studies with the amount of stuff i've done about radio guys and if you uh, want to get back in the the uh intelligista arena right? i know i do i should but uh i told him if you saw my shock jock spreadsheet you would think i was a madman to tell you the truth but um jim rome the craziest of all of them the crazy it's Who's just jim a rome? very hard thing he's very very uh let me, I'm trying to think of the word. He is aggressive. I mean, uh, like he's yelling through his whole show. And then his callers call in and do rants. It's like a three-hour rant set from okay. a comedian, which you know, my least favorite kind of comedy anyway. And, uh, boy, very hard. But uh, also Colin Cowherd, uh, the famous racist Colin Cowherd. Okay. Um. Mike Francesa and uh uh fuck who's Bill Simmons, who is very dumb. But uh that's all of them. And okay. then it's Holy Boys after that. But uh yeah, I'm doing another radio thing. It's yeah. fun. It's you know what? It sucks to listen to hours upon hours of stuff you don't like. But the end product is always I'm always so happy with the final product. I'm always so happy. Like, it is this cool thing where I get to live in a world that I don't live in. With the shock jocks, I did, at, for a period, live in that world. It's been 10, 15 years. A and with the sports guys, I've never lived in that world. So I'm, like, living in this really weird world of sports and these guys are fucking psychos dude. well i mean and it, it is a continuation even of what we do uh there are folks that were into the political talk radio but there was also lots of guys on my job site that showed up immediately turned on texas rangers baseball chat that's all they wanted to hear <laughs> yes they wanted to hear about trades they wanted to hear about sports talk radio whatever the scuttlebutt drama of the day was they were dialed into it for eight hours a day they they were while they were at work you know their opinions are always so wild it's wild the 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 thing i like about sports talk radio i think the most is that so with shock jocks there is there are the people that call in who believe that they could just be doing their job yeah you know what i mean of course there's that yeah with sports talk that's every single caller and they don't just think they could take the host job. They think they could be the coach, the quarterback coach, the general manager. Ah, they think they could be working for a sports team. They're drunk on 2020 vision. They're drunk on hindsight. <laughs> they are. They are. They so are, dude. You know, you just come in. They'll just come in on Monday and just be like, I mean, why did, like, one play in a game? Yeah. You like, know what I mean? Why, why did didn't he, he catch it? Yeah. <laughs> it was right there in front of him. He should have caught the ball and got a touchdown. That's how you win the game. It's not, or like in a baseball game, they're like, remember that at bat in the fourth inning? I mean, what were they even thinking with that pitch? And you're like, it was one pitch. It felt like sometimes you just do things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I assume with sports, especially because I've bowled, not professionally, but how many times when you go bowling, do you get up to that line and you roll the ball and then you go, the fuck was i doing there yeah That's lost forever <laughs> yeah i'm i i am bad at bowl i'm i'm not bad at bowling in that i'm i did bowling as a kid that was my like extracurricular activity but it screwed me up as an adult because of what exactly you said as soon as you release the ball you're like ah, i should have done that different 
God damn it. What'd I do it like that for? I did it the wrong way. I meant to do it the right way. <laughs> I do that with video games, too. I'll fucking die in a video yeah. game and be like, what was I even fucking doing there? What the yeah. hell? You know? I imagine that happens in sports. You know? I know it's expected to not happen. It's but a lot it of pressure. Yeah. It's sports. Yeah. There's so many people watching them, it is, even. Yeah. It's something, honestly, that I never... So I had a prolific sports card collection as a kid. Me too. But that was only because I think of like entrepreneur stuff. That That's was only you. because I could go sell the Barry Bonds for more money than I got it for, you know? Yeah, we were actually... But like daily conversations about sports games never <laughs> never in my life I have i even dipped my toe into that we it's funny when we were driving home from detroit we had like a really funny conversation about funko pops mm -hmm. and because uh, uh john my my co-host on the uh pod cast uh stefan told john told the listeners not to send john funko pops so they sent him like 35 funko pops That's and smart. uh so he he has a bunch of Funko Pops and I was we were talking about how like well they're like a huge waste of plastic and you know this and that and they make so many of them and how can they ever be worth any they're not going to be worth anything ever we've seen this it's happened it's we've gone through it the Beanie Babies you know what yeah, I mean yeah Beanie Babies were already a thing yeah and it was like so everybody thought the Beanie Babies were worth so much and now they're worthless and so I go Brett. Look up the fucking Beanie Babies and tell me how much they're worth. And people still paying $20,000 for the fucking Beanie Babies. There is for... Most of the Beanie Babies are worthless. Yes. But some of the Beanie Babies is worth $10,000, $15,000. Yeah, we gotta stop letting that happen. Why are baseball cards worthless? Like, what even happened? So, there's one or... It's, it's the same thing as there's one or two that people will pay a lot of money for. The rest are nothing. Yeah, my buddy, when we were younger, he was trying to be like a hipster underground guy. So he only, co he collected, we all collected like a player. We would like pick a player and collect them. I, Bo Jackson and Jose Canseco were mine. Good choice. Right? Yeah. Well, because they're the good players. Yeah. Right? Star Chaser, Bandwagoner. Yes. Yes. And my buddy was like, I only collect Robin Yount. And like, he had so many Robin Younts. And I was like, why, like, why do you have them? And he was like, his rookie card's worth $36. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but... <laughs> it, you know, but that is... I mean, it really is what it is at this point, is it's gambling. Yeah. What it's always been is gambling. Like, you can get a card from somebody that's starting this year that later on will be worth a lot of money. Everything else is just for riffling through in your fucking basement. Yeah, I really think that, like... I, I don't even feel like... I feel like they're all on the phone now. I know that's a stupid thing to think. I'm sure they still make hard ones. But I can't... I mean, are they... Are they making they're still baseball money. cards? Yeah, they're still worth money. LeBron James rookies are worth money. There's still money to be made from it. God, you know so much about what's worth money. It's I amazing. care about... Yeah, like... But it's, that's it's, I wish I didn't have to pay attention to things that were <laughs> worth lots of money, but I still have this, like, general anxiety about my situation where I'm like, I should know what's worth money. Yeah. Just so I can pick something out <laughs> that I can steal or buy for a lesser price. And or get, save. Yeah, or, or hold on to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening yeah. to Howard Stern the other day, and he has, like, a sto three storage spaces full of uh, memorabilia and shit. And uh, he was telling them to throw it away. And I was like, there's probably a bunch of, like, priceless shit in there that I would love to have. And he's just, like, throw it in the trash. But then when I think about it, it's like, 
It's not worth anything. None it's of this not, stuff is worth anything. I mean, it, it's it's worth enough to get a few hundred dollars for like to get a, a hotel away with your spouse, right? I mean, it, it's nothing that's going to change your life. But that uh, you know what's true though. You know what is true. I did have that Mars Volta album that's now worth five hundred dollars. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I you, paid thirty dollars. I met Mars. you. No, I, I met you when you did that. I met I you when I was like, I like vinyl records. And you were like, oh, I got a whole box of them. I'm just getting rid of them. And I didn't take them from you because I was too I was too new in the friendship to just like take all you your took, records. Didn't you take a few? I didn't get any from you. None? I don't remember. That was stupid. Of no, me. Adam has. Good ones. Adam showed me all the records he got from you. And it was like a few thousand dollars worth of records. Yeah, Wu-Tang Clan was in there. Straight Outta Compton was in there. Really? Uh, Francis the Mew and D-Loss in the Comatorium is a, a fucking thousand dollars. I know. Easy. I Easy know. money. I don't know why I did it. I I would I thought it was just worth thirty dollars, dude. Yeah, to you, you it was. Yeah, it, I mean I, nobody's gonna buy it for five hundred dollars. If I put it, it up for sale, I I nobody will buy it. The thing about it is these conversations are also uh, these conversations come out of like uh, economic scarcity. It's not a matter of like being fans of stuff. It's like putting a bet down. Yes, you know, it's like I just need this. I'll buy this piece of memorabilia because one day it'll be worth more. Even back. In the day, I remember people saving all their McDonald's toys because they thought those things would oh be collectible. It's like nobody wants McDonald's toys. I know that's what I was thinking with the the record too. Well, first of all, what I thought with the record was that they were just going to make a zillion of them. That was like my I was just like, ah, they're just going to make a million fucking uh loused in the comatoriums and francis the mutes they're just gonna they're gonna keep printing uh, those things for the rest of our you're lives. You're right. You're right. We are right though. The thing about it is you can't, you really can't predict. And there's, I guess I'm, I am more into culture and I have a tendency to find things right before they break. Mm -hmm. So some of the stuff that I purchase, it's like people listen to street fight 10 years from now. Some of this stuff, other people might be way more interested. I mean, in there's a good possibility that that it's, first zine is worth something right time because we only made 300 of them. Right. And depending on the outcome of where we end up, I mean, that, that's changes the results, but but I do want to give you, I want to say you're right. So when we were younger, and I, I don't, there are people that are 20 years old that don't remember this, but Beanie Babies came out of McDonald's and hundreds of people flocked the stores and threw fits. And there was adults that were like, I want to buy 36 Happy Meals. And they were like, I'm sorry, we only sell them six at a time. You can't buy more than six Happy Jesus Meals at a time. Christ. And they're screaming at them, right? And they're throwing a fit in front of, hundreds of other adults and people other adults that also want to buy 36 happy meals that are like spilling out the door yeah and like the szechuan sauce but it went on for it was the szechuan sauce yeah. but yeah it was a reoccurrence of that because people wanted these things so bad i'm looking on ebay right now mcdonald's ty beanie babies 1999 full set 12 piece new in package 14 dollars and 25 cents yeah. free shipping yeah yeah but that one that one there that is such good I mean, that was the Szechuan sauce. I wish I could have just gone to the McDonald's when the Szechuan sauce thing was happening and be like, this isn't going to be worth shit. Yeah. Nothing. And, and the thing about it is that when here's what I would say from my point of view as a hustler and a flipper. If there's a lot of people around when you're about to score something exclusive, <laughs> it ain't shit. It ain't worth money. You need to invest in things where there's six other people there with you. Like, I remember taking my wife to concerts where she was like, 
she thought we were going to an arena and I took her to a fucking bar with 12 people to go mm. see some tiny bands way before they were huge. Yeah, I've done the, I did a that, lot of that too. That's, that's an exclusive experience. <laughs> yes. Like that was kind of with start, starting with the baseball cards with upper deck and tops when they fucked it up in the 90s when they started calling everything limited edition. Walmart started making limited edition toys. Once they started saying that's what it was, it's never going to be that. No, it can't be, right? It, it just, it's like they're, it they're defies the keep, definition. Right. The only people that still do it right is the streetwear companies, basically. They make scarce things. Yeah, you have to. And like, uh, that's, uh, that seems like a, and if that actually, uh, like when I buy that shit, I'm like, it's super expensive, but it's like, I mean, it, I could probably sell it again and make more money, probably, because they they tend to not go down very much. But even then, I don't think that, like, it, my bait fucking shirt that I just ordered is going to go fucking... It, like, in it's 20 not, years, it's nobody's going to give a it's shit. It's not an investment, yeah. yeah. In 20 years, nobody's going to give a shit about bait. Nobody... In 10 years. It's I just, I just spent, like, my childhood... Basically, on Sundays, if we could get up at 7 in the morning, we could go hitch a ride in the van down to the flea market. I had neighbors that sold at the flea market every mm -hmm. single Sunday, and we would ride down there with them. And that was all speculation. <laughs> that was all people that were sifting through junk and just speculating <laughs> that at some point this cookie jar's going to be worth two times what I paid for it today. You, know? you can buy really good things at a flea market, yeah, but yeah. it's like a lot mostly. <laughs> but I think it's irony buys. I don't think well, that there's It should a be ton. practical. I mean, it's practical buys. I think that like the, the big paydays on like uh, the big paydays on rare items are something that are not, I, I don't know. They're, they, they're just a great story. It's, it's cool that like a beanie baby is worth $12,000, but there's, you gotta nope. find somebody to buy it. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, that's the fucking main problem. I remember and with baseball cards, like I you're gonna be one of twelve. You're gonna be one of like a thousand people in the world that have the Beanie Baby too. It's not gonna be like anybody could have bought the Beanie Baby. You know. <laughs> and and when you bring out the Beanie Baby, people will be like, "Damn, that's worth you know twelve thousand dollars." But then they'll just be like, "All right, whatever. why didn't you, you trade it back? in for twelve thousand?" I know. Why didn't you get the twelve thousand? Either you could have twelve thousand dollars, or you could have this Beanie Baby. Why would you have this? My neighbor across the street growing up was it heavy flea market dude I was just like the most flea market guy he he sold stuff there and he bought everything there yeah and it would be really wild like when a cultural event would happen he would just buy for example when princess diana died he bought everything with her face on it everything it was just their whole house was filled with princess diana stuff you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it was always so wild to me because at the time I was like, this stuff is going to be worth so much money. Because I was just, I didn't know. I never thought about having to sell it. But I'll, I'll tell this story and uh, we can we can probably move on from this. But I, I uh, we bought, um, what is the goddamn brand of cards? They're baseball cards. but uh, Tops, upper deck. But, was it an upper deck card? The uh, Don Russ. Oh, Don Russ. Yeah. Don Russ. Yeah. The uh, Jose Canseco. Right? Fleer. Fleer. Okay. So I bought a pack of Fleer cards. Ultras. Uh, probably. With the black I and white? 
Uh, and right, so I got a card that said Dream Team at the top, and it had Jose Canseco with a bat over his shoulder, and he wasn't wearing a shirt. And I was like, this is the fucking greatest card I've ever seen. Greatest. You know, I thought it was the coolest fucking thing. And uh, I held on to it. We went and got a Beckett. And this card was worth $16, <laughs> which... To me at the time, was might have been might as well have been worth two thousand dollars. So I was like, I'm gonna go down to the card shop. I'm gonna sell this fucking sixteen dollar card. Maybe get pack of smokes, throw in on a bag of weed, get some alcohol or something like that. You know, just I'm I'm gonna trade it in. I'm gonna trade in my <laughs> investment for sixteen dollars. And the goddamn, I take it in there, and the guy's like, I'll give you eight. And I was like, okay, I guess. And I I sold it to him for eight dollars. And that's when I learned that like. Things are only worth what somebody's going to pay for them. <laughs> True. Well, let me tell you right now on eBay, you can get yourself a score Jose Canseco Dream Team for 75 bucks. Fuck. I also... Another thing slides through my fingers. I had a connection to that card as well. Over at the Northern Lights flea, flea Market, uh, there was a card guy there. And if you spend enough with him, you got a spin of the wheel. And... I won the jackpot, which was the full fucking dream team. I had Ooh. like a full fucking 28 Ooh. card Kirby set. Bucket. All of the baseball players in black and white, shirts off. <laughs> Some of them didn't do shirtless. <laughs> Jose Canseco's just looked like a playgirl set. It was. It was amazing. Yeah. This is a good card. I would like. Ricky Henderson had his shirt oh, off. Oh, I love Ricky swole. Henderson. Yeah, I, I won the whole set. And um, that was one of those things that disappeared because i think my dad sold it because it was worth money yeah well that's that was when i asked my dad for and it was gone and then he said he had to sell it and i was like oh man damn it i, I wanted those cards the dream team the cards. dream team i kind of had him dude ken griffey was in there he was also looking like a yoga model and shit it was a very sexy set of cards yeah 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 so uh I guess uh, I didn't even know we were going to talk about that. That was a fucking really good time. Well, and let me I know. Brett going. invited me to a flea market actually on Facebook today. And I was like, I looked at it and I was like, uh, one, this is going to be early in the morning. So I'm probably out. But my wife, I can see going with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, it was really, really, really tempting for me to go to the flea market. <laughs> Or, or the world's largest garage sale or yard sale or whatever it was. And and it was just like, uh, I do want to well, go to those things. But I just. Well, you know what? I don't, man, I don't want to guess it was just freestyling tonight. Mm. But it is relevant to me because when you talk about Funko Pops, like I was definitely instrumental in bringing all that in. I know. I know. Like when I was a kid, there was not a lot of nerdy memorabilia and the stuff that it was around was collector's items that was out of my reach. And uh then I did get into a lot of the designer vinyl and supporting yeah. like graffiti artists and, you know, I'll tell you Japanese stuff. People Luke Chu Secret Base Suck Lord like all of those early Kid Robot. Kid Robot really was like a beginning of a lot of that. Um, which it was, I feel like highlighting different artists and it, it did bring a more flavor. It felt more hip hop in a way that there yeah, was yeah, a well, yeah. scene the ones of you have are cool. And the people that like, I would go to openings for artists that would come to town and stuff. Uh, Columbus was very lucky to have a gallery that displayed artists like that. And you would meet like a lot of very interesting, neat, like countercultural people. And then it all just 
got distilled down to the point of slapping like the same, just slapping licensed characters and pop culture stuff onto the same model. And it like took everything away from it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Cause even like the, the designer vinyl movement of that time was about like creating your own characters, even like cause. And a lot of the artists then were making their own Disney type characters. Andrew Bell is make, he worked for SpongeBob. And then he started, created his own universe of characters. So, like, you were buying art and supporting people that were creating their own universe. You weren't buying into Disney. These, are, these aren't Disney-licensed characters or people or anything. And now it's just been, I don't, I don't know, it's just fallen away from the all the excitement and the big swell of money and support all just went towards, like, Firefly fucking Funko Pops. Yeah, yeah, or Stranger Things, or, or uh, I saw a Ronald Reagan one today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was something when we first started hanging out and doing the other show, I remember you tell, I don't remember how we got onto it, but you did tell me you collect, uh, toys. And I think it was the way you described it. And you, you were like, you know, like the designer vinyl stuff. And I was like, I don't know. I've never seen anything yeah. like it, Intricate but they're toys. neat looking though. Yeah. I haven't had them in forever. I had sold it all to move to Dallas. There's one behind you, right? Which one? I thought there's oh, one in the office. I made that. Those are the ones I made. You made one? <laughs> yeah, this is mine. <laughs> oh, wow. That is fucking cool. I saw that and I was like, that thing is, how'd you make it? You just drew on it? Yeah, I just used like ink. When did you do that? Like 10 years ago. I never finished it. This is like, this is indicative. This is like my cognitive dysfunction. I did the head. And then just couldn't, and like one night I probably stayed up for like 24 hours straight and drew all over this head and then couldn't bring myself to, to do the, to finish the body. God, you know? man, I love it. Ah, well, I, th they're cool though. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm into it. So, uh, I guess we got to do, we're going to do this for one minute. I'm probably going to set a timer for this. And, uh, last night was disappointing, but we're still in the race. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't give up. <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I'm. You know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to be selfish and say that uh, finally my vote in Ohio matters. So That's this true. finally it, it feels important to me. I mean, you're gonna if you canvass this Saturday, you're like actually you're doing something like actually important, right? You know. Well, I've but I so. I really, here's my, here's why I'm grumpy all the time. And here's why I'm not just like all on board to be a fucking Democrat right now is because for all my life, every time that we had the opportunity to vote for a candidate, they were like, oh, you're in Ohio. It doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. Like that's the best way to make me feel disenfranchised. Until the other thing. Sure. Which, but it's, but then it's like, well. But I don't want fucking people in I California. Don't. I don't care what Super Tuesday thinks. I want to be able to, my say. Like, I agree. I don't want you, I think we should do it all at the same fucking time. I, I don't think that some places primary should be more important than others, but I, I, it just, the message they've told me my entire, my, my entire life is Ohio doesn't matter. Even like if you're the smartest Democrat in Columbus, you're running around and saying, we don't want people in Ohio to decide anyways. They're all, you know, foolish rapscallions. That's true. Like the, 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 the most politically engaged people in Ohio we're just are saying like, oh, fucking Ohio doesn't matter anyways. Yeah. So why am I interested in pulling the lever for anybody? Yeah. I'll let the fucking, I'll let California and New York decide, you know? Well, I mean, it's wild that we're in it still. So now I we're mean, in. And, and me and Brett, I want to say this because like uh, in 26, we went through 2016 and we're both very, uh, I mean, like a lot of people, it, 
that fucking, I don't know. There felt like a lot of possibility and it got squashed. Um, but I'm going to, I'm here to tell you, I remember last year or I remember 2016 pretty vividly. And, uh, our vote didn't matter. It was already decided by the time it got to Ohio. So anybody that thinks we're like out of this thing, we're still very much in it, you know? Yeah. Well, that was the reason I didn't want to get revved up about it again, because it's like, by the time it comes to me, what's going to happen? And, uh, you know, the results last night, people were being, you know, pessimistic about Doom it. Gloom. I was. Um, but I do think like, I think that like the thing that I was more depressed about was them all lining up behind this guy to beat us. That's what I'm shut. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm shutting down. <laughs> that's what I've decided. I was talking with Drew Toothpaste from Garbage Brain University podcast today about it, and I was saying that I can be wholeheartedly behind empathy and besides helping everybody and behind Bernie Sanders. I think what makes me want to crawl into a hole is when I see the people that are out loud and proud for somebody like Joe Biden. Not not even out loud and proud. I'm sorry. Willing to pull the lever for somebody like Joe Biden. That's what I've been like saying is like those people just are insignificant to me at this point. Like those people I cannot acknowledge or think about why they came to where they did. They're just my enemy. They're just wrong, and they're no. There's no reason to feel disheartened to know that, like, ugh, they're your coworkers, and they're like the school, the people you go to school with, like the moms and dads there. Like those people are going to do like an Elizabeth Warren protest vote on March 17th, and um, that's I, I think that's where I get into despair. That's why that's why I'm like just staying away from that. So yeah. I'll try to put push the Bernie thing. Um, I mean, yeah, I can't wait to hear your canvassing experience because I, I really think you're probably you're going to be way better than I was. I think I can. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm ready because to do you're, it. Because you're willing to, you will talk to somebody. You will talk to fucking anybody. I mean, that's the that's the thing about you, right? That's different from me is like I one on one, not a very engaging guy. Unless, of course, when I'm doing our live shows and I'm murder Brian and I'm standing outside and talking to people that came to my show. I'm sure I'm pretty engaging to those people. But if you are, uh, let's just say you're somebody that's at the grocery store and you're standing in the aisle next to me and you say something like, uh, uh, oof, that's a lot of cereal choices. I will probably just go and fucking look down and walk away. Cause I just, I can't, I feel so fucking weird around strangers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's very hard for me. I don't know why. I don't know why I can't be comfortable around strangers. It feels like I have every single one of the requirements to feel comfortable socially, except for this. I can't jump that one. I can't make that one leap. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what it is. You just, you, you want, to have you just want to know that you have i guess you want to engage people that you feel like will do it honestly with you or aren't going to do to i don't know is that what it is is it something I in think, that is it something in I that think realm one part of it you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to go on your thing and have it be to like a trump person that isn't going to give a shit about you anyways or like you're never going to get along yeah. with in the first place well i have a uh i have like 
I don't like being uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And it's odd because like uh, I came up with shock jocks and there are bits that I would love to do on this show. I'm going to give you an example here. Okay. Uh, Somebody made a suggestion to me a few months ago to uh, book a show at the hideout and get Felix to come there with me and get a few other guests and then say we are giving Man Cow a Lifetime Achievement Award. Okay. To get him to come to the venue. Probably Because he would probably pick it up and then just make fun of him. And uh, they were like, you know, it's not really bullying because, like, he's an asshole. And I was like, I would feel fucking terrible. I don't even want... I don't want to stand face-to-face to Man Cow ever. Like, uh-huh. I almost feel bad for the things I've said about Man Cow. At times, obviously, most of the time, it's like, ah, he's an asshole, fuck him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, there are times where it's like, what if he heard what we said about him? And yeah. you would be, he's a real guy. No, I understand that. You know? Yeah, and, there's a lot of humanity that comes through. There's times that, I mean, even a lot of the popular way to be, to get, to get ahead with uh, social media and online is to attack and go after people. And I don't, ha- I, I don't have as much of a stomach for it to just be, it just scares me. It's weird. Someone to be like, this is a, this is, this is an example of a complete asshole. You but know? there are people who thrive under social discomfort. Yeah, I guess. for sure. And like those people, I always looked at them as like, I mean, hey, I can ride the wave. Like, Hey, if you can do it or, stuttering john that's another famous one it's like that guy would fucking go sit next to like some dude and ask him how big his hog is so yeah. like kirk douglas and ask him how big his hog is i could never do it because then as soon as i said how big is your hog like my whole body would feel this feeling you know and like that's what canvassing really was about was for me the thing that freaked me out was like every time i knocked on that door and I heard the person coming to the door. I was like, what if this guy is like like a, a fucking Joe Biden guy? Yeah. And uh, he don't want to hear shit about Bernie Sanders or anything like that. But he also wants to have an argument. Right? Sure, like he, sure. Me and him go back and forth. Tet a tet or whatever that is where you go back and forth on, on your stuff. And I was like, I mean... When somebody disagrees with me, I immediately get uncomfortable. Every you think time. you're wrong, you start doubting yourself. I do, I do. It's I've said this. That is my low self-esteem. That my low self-esteem uh, uh, sh- shows up in a lot of ways, but uh, it really shows up when I'm I'm arguing with somebody because I generally just give it to them. Like I I think I'm right, but yeah. then like as soon as they disagree with me and there's a second of resistance. I feel wrong. I feel like I was wrong and they were right. And they've thought more than me. And, and, and like, you know, in my mind, I've never won an argument. Yeah. I, like I can be blustery and, and be like, Oh yeah. You know, but in my mind, I've never won an argument. And I think that, 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 that kind of stuff weighs on yeah. me when I'm dealing with other people too, yeah. where I'm just, I'm yeah. nervous. Yeah. I, I imagine everybody is ants. Like just yeah. smaller people. Not, I mean, to be real about it though, um, I think that I know people that cross the line and that really do make shit uncomfortable. 
and that your average person is super subdued, like you're not going to get the you're not going to get the most out of anybody unless you really push them. I know. And then going and knocking on their door and trying to start the conversation is going to be nothing. It's not going to be enough to get them to like really go off. But I also really the what helps me is that everybody, you, me included, six year olds, we're all just little babies, and we are going to have the same type of reactions that we did when we were that age. We have a way more developed way of doing it, but somebody that's gonna rant or rave or have their little fit, that's them. That's really, that's not me or how I said my argument. That's just rolling the dice. You're gonna like deal with people that are very, that are uh, mad or people that don't make any sense or people that get flustered or people just as confused as you. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I mean, the other. I I also don't like. I mean, I'm also okay with letting somebody have their thing. Yeah. I guess I don't get self conscious where it's like I think Joe Biden's the best. You're wrong about Bernie Sanders. I'm like, well, Bernie Sanders is doing this kind of a campaign. It's important to me because it would affect my life. You know, I pay nine hundred dollars a month for health insurance. I'd rather pay one percent more on my taxes. Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. And they say, you know, he's not electable. There's just no way we're going to have him. Trump needs to go against somebody serious. Blah blah blah. All right, cool. Yeah. Like I can, I mean, like, I, yeah, I don't, I'm not worried about winning everybody over. I think it's a matter at this point of just getting the right people to the polls. I, I read some, somebody speculating about how there's a lot of people that got riled up that said they were going to go and then just, you know, life got in the way and weren't able to make it. Or, you know, of course the government put as many blockades in the way as they could. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things I also think too, and, and I think this is why I know that, uh, my fears are are bullshit is that like people love to be asked about their politics <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i mean everybody loves to have somebody say hey man uh i mean how about your politics there brother and <laughs> how are you at, i mean i guess how are you at lying have you ever been are you a good liar have you ever been a good liar? Do you consider yourself a good liar? I, I don't know. Scan- I, I, just, I do think Like, can you can, lie to somebody's face and get away with it? I mean, I guess I probably... I don't really I think, anymore. I did it when I worked, and I thought I was pretty good at it there. I just know? think that, like, even in the emergency, what I would say is, like, God damn it, man. I, I just... You know, I came out here for Bernie Sanders, and I never gave it enough thought. And you just convinced me on Joe Biden. <laughs> Thank you for your time. I'm out of here. Oh man, and then <laughs> like that I would just would, it'd be the best day of that person's oh, life know. <laughs> of all time. That's my Bodhisattva nature. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, I got a few stories. I, I know we were sort of winging it there at the beginning, but I did see a few stories that uh, grabbed my uh, that grabbed my mind. I guess. And uh, one is in Miami where we will be performing next month. I don't know the date right off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. We do have a lot of dates to announce. We need to do that. We can do that at the end of the show. Uh, But so the Miami Miami Herald. Moons over Miami. Moons over Miami. Uh, this This is like a week and a half old because we didn't record last week. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, Miami will hold an anti-communist concert in Ooh. April in response to Democratic presidential frontrunner Senator Bernie Sanders' defense of Fidel Castro's authoritarian regime in Cuba. Cool. This is crazy. I know Rock I against communism? This. Yes. I know I mentioned this. First of all, I know I mentioned this on the Eat the Rich podcast, which we just did an appearance on that was good. It was a good time. We talked about Les Wexner. Uh, that to see people come out against uh, literacy programs was fucking mind-bending to me. Like, this weird thing where, like, if it's communist, it was a bad idea. It's like, "Mm, I I think most of the ideas of communists are actually good ideas, but uh, you guys hate it for no reason, really. (laughs) Yeah, I do have to say, Eat the Rich podcast, we made an appearance on there. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the show. I listened back to it, and I'm going to keep subscribed to it. Uh, But I think what you said on there was you listened to Air America as a young lib. I did. You were into the talk radio liberal stuff. And Majority they, Report with Janine Garofalo and Sam Cedar, uh, Randy Rhodes. Um, I listened to Stephanie Miller for a while, and I loved Al Franken. And they were insistent that the Democratic Party was the one that reads. They were the in, the party of intellectualism. Sure. And George this Bush. was against George W. Bush. Yes. So it was sort of like, we got to vote for Kerry. I mean, look at him. He's a big intellectual. He's got a fucking den full of books. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so now the the literacy program of Fidel Castro has become a huge problem. And here's the thing. This video of, oh, he said this on 60 Minutes recently, which, again, a literacy pro, you can... Even in things that I don't like, I can find things that are positive. In yeah. That. And when we're talking about governments, uh, I mean, yes, there's stuff you don't like because fucking governments suck. But uh, Cuba didn't sound like m- as miserable as we were led to believe, you know? And uh, a literacy program is... I, I mean, I guess they were saying it's because they teach them to read communist propaganda, but it's like... The fuck do they yeah. teach us to read? The first first daughter my the first book my daughter read in kindergarten was probably like this is my flag. <laughs> I die for my flag. <laughs> Anybody that crip walks on the flag is an enemy of America. They have a, a fucking <laughs> I mean when my daughter started school in I think 2009, I believe. I'm probably wrong about. Yeah, I think it was 2009 uh or 8, one of the two. I don't know. But when she started school, there was like so many 9-11 books in the library. Oh. Just 9-11 after 9-11. Kids books about 9-11 with pictures of the fucking towers on them. Dude, I sent you, I mean, I sent the pic, I did that, I just posted on Twitter and Instagram and I sent them to you, but I went to the book fair at my daughter's school and there was a fucking conservative section. It was like military dogs. And like the fight for freedom, America at Alamo. It was just all propaganda to the to the 10th degree. Was it? Uh, yeah, it's wild. So there were conservative books there? No, it wasn't. I mean, there was just war books. There was just this very weird section that had, uh, you know, things about like a pit bull that went to Afghanistan and how brave it was. There was, you know, 
chapter books with like guys with beard with super long beards that were like you know what i learned overseas and shit like that there was a lot a lot a lot of weird propaganda books yeah it is they were separate from the descendants they weren't near the peanut butter and jelly they were this very small section of like just troop worshiping households i feel like you would just be drawn to that you, you know? need to have them. yeah yeah something you know wholesome well something it's not about even like some, killing for the right reason something i mean i bet you they also see it as a way to learn about america that is apolitical that's like everybody agrees that the troops are great yeah and you just want to be like I, I learned don't. American history from a guy that signed up to get college education in the military. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, rock against, so what I wanted to talk about or what I wanted to mention on this and this rock against communism, where if me and Brett were still in Miami that day, I would go to this. Yeah, I got to, I got to rock against communism, but, uh, I don't know what that's about rock against communism. If you Google it, um, I'm just going to look this up. Uh, rock against communism. Let's take a look. Let's let's take a look at this. Rock against communism was the name of white power rock concerts in the United Kingdom in the late 1970s and early 80s and has since become the catch-all term for music with racist lyrics. The lyrics usually focus on racism and anti-Semitism, though this depends on the band. <laughs> they named their concert. <laughs> they, they didn't Google the name Rock Against Communism. They just, they just named a concert Rock Against Communism. I mean, they just really, they had the same hunch as a bunch of, you know, <laughs> white supremacists did perfect that is the government in a nutshell they do most of their hunches do end up reinforcing white yeah yeah like that's the way to do it so uh what if we what if we excluded all minorities and created a pure america that would be better than communism (laughs) right instead of handing out all this shit yeah um i don't know like that's the that's the thing with the the joe biden issue is more and more people, I think, are coming to understand that uh, it's either, like, look out for each other or else, like, the fascists are going to take over. Like, Donald Trump showed what's coming next from them, you know? Like, it's going to be more of that. They're pretty jazzed in what they're doing right now. They, they're fucking excited. Yep. Ex- for sure. Yeah. They're, 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 like, the, they're stronger than ever. Like, they're very comfortable where they're at. Yeah. And they're going to keep moving forward with it while the fucking Democrats, you know fall apart i mean sleepy joe all we're gonna hear is sleepy joe all summer if this he's gonna get fucking demolished i think um so me and brett a couple weeks ago and i only got two of them right now i don't know if we have more from brett might have a few more oh um we, signs? we solicited signs in people's workplaces signs signs everywhere signs the tesla ver- he's singing the tesla that. version don't you Actually. read the signs? So uh, we're going to read a couple signs, and then we're going to look into the t- 10 tips to motivate employees without resorting to money. Wow. Resorting to money. Resorting. <laughs> you don't want to resort, resort to money. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't open your safe. You take all your money, you put it in the safe, and you deal with that employee without ever going to that safe. <laughs> so the first one I have, that is a sign from work. It starts in big, big point font. Uh, 
for those who don't care or don't know, uh, this is in Times New Roman too. It's very professional. It has been brought to my attention from the other managers in this building that JJ employees are getting stoned while working. <laughs> Weed might be legal. Do it on your own time. It is not allowed in the JJ workplace. If you're a driver, it's against the law. If you get in an accident, you will get a DUI and the store could be sued. From this point on, 225.20, smoking weed will get you terminated. Bullshit. It's legal, dog. It is. It is. I mean, that one is aggressive. That's my medicine. I can. That's my medicine. That's how I do my JJ work. I can agree that one is aggro and, and crazy. You know what I well, mean? No, I mean not really. They don't want they don't want you ever having fun on the job. No, that's true, but I mean I'm saying my thing about it is always the way they're worded. You know what I mean? And that one does have all the aggro kind of words. You know what I mean? They called it smoking weed. Yeah. Like which is a very I don't know. I mean, if you're the boss and you're doing some official shit, be like, "Hey, you know, why can't they just fucking sit you You sit, want them to say use everybody. cannabis? Yeah, or why can't they just sit Imbibe down? Imbibe cannabis. Why can't they just sit down and say, hey, you know, can you guys not get high at work? But anyway, they're going to get high at work. I mean, like, you know, I don't I, deal. I, I feel like, once again, the disconnect that we have with management is that are the JJ subs getting delivered? True, true. Are, how many complaints? How many stars? How effective are we doing our job? I don't need you to tell me how I'm getting it done. I'm here to get JJ subs to people. I'm going to ride my bike however, in whatever fucking state I want to be in. You know what? That's a great point. That is a perfect point. Are the metrics down? Right. At all. And, and when they quit smoking the weed which they're not going to. <laughs> you're just controlling people. Yeah, you're just going yeah. beyond just saying you can't do the job this way. And it's like, but I'm not hired. It's, you're not hiring me for what's inside of my lungs. Yes. Yeah. You're hiring me to fuck for fucking JJ subs. I agree with you. I do think like, I do think that it like, so when I worked at McDonald's, they did make a big deal about how, oh, it's unsafe. There's too many unsafe things back there but they have kind of basically at, at most service industry jobs they have made it like the maximum amount of safe that it could ever be yeah in order to not give you autonomy mm. and not to have we we make you afraid of everything right we right. make you very cautious about that kind of stuff i'm not going to get near that goddamn grill it's fucking freaking me out right now like, I'm going to respect the shit out of that, whatever the hot stuff is. So, the toaster, anything plugged into the wall. At McDonald's, they talked about how, you know, it's pretty dangerous back here. And they, the example they always gave was the grill, where you grill the birds, right? Uh-huh. But that thing is just a flat top. All it is is a flat top, and it has these two... Things you just pull them down, handles and, and two handle like door things. They're like these big, it's like a giant panini press. Yes, you pull it down, you stand there, it pops back up. You take the burgers off with a spatula. Great, I can do that high, yeah, 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 for sure. Like that to me, I would be fucking great at that high. 
Yeah, you know? it, it makes you focus a lot. E it's a lot easier to focus on every 90 seconds at a time when you're... But you they know. would be like, it's so unsafe, you know? You're by this hot grill, and it's like, dude, I cook high all the time. Yeah, so... It, and yeah, it's just extra controlling. Agreed. So we have this one. Um, this is from... I don't know what it's from. It's from a... Uh, no, we should... I do, I don't. <laughs> it's a shipping service that is not unionized. Okay. And so what happened was the person that sent us this uh, sign said they started talking to people about union stuff out in the parking lot. I love Street Fight Listener. I love you so much. You're the salt worst employees in the world. Salt of the earth. The salt <laughs> in the literal way. I like that I've we've cultivated the like nightmare employee audience. This is written on a whiteboard. I'm going to put it up for the live streamers. <laughs> it's written on a whiteboard. And some of these words are double and triple underlined. So it says, drivers. At the end of the day, drop off paperwork and exit building immediately. What? Double, double underscore what? immediately. A few drivers, the same ones, are blocking dispatch with idle talk, causing problems enough that cameras are being installed. Go home. That is fucking, I mean, look. That was my best. That was doing my best Alexander from Minion Death Cult for that reading on that well, one. Can I say this too? Like, I thought we were all family at work. You yeah. want me hanging out when I'm off? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Are you talking? You don't know what an Ohio goodbye is? You know, everyone says goodbye and then we go stand out by the cars for another 25 minutes and tell the same story we always tell when we're out there by the cars. I did that. Yeah. I loved it. I, I didn't Why mind not? It. A lot of people think you, like, run out and get out of work as soon as you can. But, like, a lot of people that work with the night's crew are I'm engaged. Like, mm, I'll hang. I'm know? engaged. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? Go home to home life? Yeah. It's all. I, I know what I'm getting when I go there. I got to do chores. I got to cook dinner. Put a fucking kid to bed. I got to clean all, my underwear. Yeah. This guy's doing all this interesting union talk back at work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into that. Yeah. That is so funny. It's so funny that, like, a union, the union uh, talk is, they were like, go home. Yeah, they're like, have get you, out of here. <laughs> you fucking, you clocked out. Get the fuck out there. Have you ever heard of a job saying you go home, don't stay here? <laughs> Just real big letters. You clock out. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of a company. No, they want people to, they do want people to be best buddies. Yeah. They want to be like, I want to be at your wedding. It's like, <laughs> nah, not when we get the union started. We're going to be on another <laughs> side. I'm going to file a grievance against you immediately for saying that. <laughs> Here's one I have. Uh, I don't know what this company is, but uh, team. Use of your smartwatches texting or talking on your smartwatch, phones in hand or pockets on the floor, etc., are unacceptable. Okay. So you're not allowed to have your phone in your hand. I guess you're not allowed to have it in your pocket on the floor. Yeah. This is probably like a, a warehouse. Yeah. Right? Uh, I explained to each and every one of you. I explained. So there, this is perfect. This is exactly what I was looking for because saying I explained to each and every one of you that this is the policy during your interview and orientation process. This is beautiful. What? This, this is pure. What is, no smart, no smart watches. 
Yeah, that's the fucking thing with me. I like them now. I don't have one. I don't either, but I'm like, I'm into them now. If I realize people can like not work and use one of those instead. It's true. Like they, they can't tell you to take your fucking watch off. Right. Unless you're like working on like a lathe or something <laughs> right. like that, you know? Um, the second you are through those gates, whether you are clocked in or not, gates. your phone needs to be put away until you are in the team room gates though is like woof gates are like they lock those behind yeah. you you know You're that's the thing trouble. about walmart now too is like you walk in and there's gates behind you you can't turn around and walk out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like shit man captured this is how they make prison and airports <laughs> yeah uh so big capital letters no exceptions if you're expecting an important call and it's an emergency, you may have them call the center. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. They call your name over yeah. the loudspeaker. Otherwise, you need to use it on your brakes or off the clock and not on the floor. And then it's signed, Emily. And then underneath it in capital letters, it says, you need to initial this and let me know that you've read it. <laughs> That's an odd one. I never, I've never seen them making people initial hey, I just the sign. Hey, I just want to initial that. <laughs> that one had everything yeah that's very that's a lot for a work sign that's because somebody, it had you were informed of this yeah in interview and orientation that's what i'm looking for they're you cramming know? their entire problem onto one piece of paper they what they did is they had a conversation with somebody that saw somebody with a phone that's higher up than them and they just uh, condensed, they thought about it all night, right? Oh, I fucking, I tell them in the interview and I tell them at orientation, you know? Stop looking at your smartwatch. It's like, fucking dude, it's a watch. If I wore one with time, would you say stop checking the time on my watch? <laughs> yeah, what if I got one of those like Mickey Mouse ones where it looked really funny when his arms were all like akimbo? <laughs> Oh, I see you're enjoying Mickey Mouse's arms. <laughs> I think you're out of here. But or one of those ones that, like, you get to see a woman's shirt come off as yeah. it's going around. It's like, I see you're enjoying that watch. I was just staring at this watch where this... I was staring at... You, you get written up, and all it says is, uh, Brian was staring at a pen where a woman's bikini was slowly removed for over an hour. <laughs> you know, I do like that. Uh, maybe... It is a good thing to say, like, maybe smartwatches are back. the wave of the future. Yes, yeah, yeah. You can get yeah. a lot done. You can get a lot of time theft done on a smartwatch, I'm thinking. Never even consider. I don't want one because I don't have to do time theft. But I'll bet you if I was working a real job for a living. Makes sense. It would be nice to just have it all the time. So that, like, when somebody's talking to you, you can be like. This is once again, this is once again, it's like. You pay me X amount of dollars to get a job done. In order to get this job done, I need a little bit of drink of my social media. <laughs> I just got to take do. a swig. Yeah. I just got to like check it. I'm just like so tired of filling orders for the last half hour. I need to look at something that is positive on my phone for just a wee bit. <laughs> But I need to check the TL, man. See, it's you know? not it, it, like we're not talking about like a fucking plane crashed or a train derailed and it was because one guy was looking on his phone. They're talking it, about controlling every minute that we spend there in the way that we get our jobs done, which are is not relevant. It isn't. It isn't. And you're right. Like 
it wasn't an accident that happened with a phone. And it, because my boss at the camera store used to get pissed off at me when he saw me looking at my phone when there was nothing to do. Even if I was like changing songs or something like that. And it was just like, it'll fucking be done before I leave. Okay. Like the way that place worked is you had to clear all your work before you left. Well, guess what? I fucking did it all. And I looked at my phone a bunch of fucking times. Yeah. Who cares? Why do you care so much? I mean, I guess like, and I'm, I, I'm a boss man myself. <laughs> I look at my phone. That's how I get boss man shit done. I have True. to take a little drink of social media I'll every now and then. I'll tell you what, too. There's there's two things about this one that also are infuriating. Is it the watch was brought up right because a a manager that was just above Emily walked through, and they saw one person on their watch texting and then they went and tore emily a new asshole yeah for seeing that and then now everybody has to be mad i don't i fucking hate this anything up from your i don't like your manager first of all like all your managers i don't like them but anything above them i fucking hate every single one of them they're yeah. all the worst humans in they're, the it's world. all making up it's all making making things up it's all creating drama it feels like you know they pointed out that someone did bad behavior and they get credit for that you know exactly that's what a lot of it comes down to was you know uh people coming in and saying like we'd save 30 seconds per order if people weren't checking their phone it's like we're not constantly checking our phones. Yeah. I don't expect to stand around here for 45 minutes and play a game on my phone and you not say something to me. Yes. You yes. Know? Yes. A absolutely. Uh, but well, there's a boss at my wife's work, right? Um, so she works at this building downtown and the bottom floor of the building is where the vice, the VP is. Okay. Big guy in charge of all the stuff in the building, whatever. And uh, it has a window out onto the street. And uh, sometimes I will go and I will visit her and say hi to her. Because I'm already out walking. I'm already in a neighborhood. She can come outside and we can, you know, chat and hug or whatever and take off. And uh, Chat and hug. Yes. And uh, there's like a, a garden and there's a, a kind of raised wall that goes almost all the way around the building that uh you can sit on you know what i mean i what does it hurt to sit, sit on and wall. stone sit and wall i mean you know and um if you even sit on it for one minute to tie your shoes security runs out and tells you the vp can see you and he hates it when people sit on the wall what yeah this is downtown in public it just it's like he controls this wall because he can see out of his window and then he might see somebody sitting on the wall and it infuriates him. So now there's a person whose whole job it is to run out and tell people don't make this fucking one guy mad because he gets mad when people sit on the wall. <laughs> that's outrageous. It's crazy. I can imagine. Man, that's a that's that's a lot of power. It's downtown. You have, you, you have a sign in front of your window that you can have hired security clear off for you. No, there's nothing. There's no sign. There's nothing that says no, don't I mean, sit on the wall. Yeah. 
There's nothing. But it's you got just guards working guy, for you. Yeah, you got a guard that'll just come outside and tell you not to sit on a wall because he hates seeing people sitting on the wall. That is what the guard said to me. And it was just like, you can't fucking control the wall. Hey, this isn't your fucking house, dude. Yeah. This is a building and this wall's in public space. Cut it out. It's that is what happens when you give somebody that fucking fifth level up management thing they're they're fucking assholes yeah you know yeah with irrational like if i had irrational things i would know that and i would try to control that as a person right like so yeah if i sat at a tape a desk all day and there was a window and people were sitting on a wall and i hated it i would realize that's on me yeah that's my just turn my desk a different way <laughs> yeah or be like, maybe, maybe like you should give the high rise life. Maybe I should get like a top suite or something. Yeah, maybe move up so you can't see them. Well, I don't even get why it makes them so mad. Yeah, I, I also agree. I feel like most things are on me. Like if this thing is bothering me, how about I just get away from it? Yes. Yes. As quickly as possible. I, you're the fucking guy in charge. You can get any office you want. Don't have one that looks outside because you know what? People are out there and they will sit on a wall. If there's a wall, they will sit on it. And that should be totally fine. You know? It's one of the few walls in town that doesn't have hostile architecture. You know what I mean? Or yeah. spikes. So, uh, before we get out of here... I got, uh, I got an all-timer for you. Okay. Oh, man. I just lost it. I had it pulled up before. This one is not an original, but it's a classic. And I think you're going to know. You're going to know it as soon as you hear it. This is something that shows up at your workplace from a cheeky boss that is trying to be funny. And they put this up usually near the restroom. And the title of this poem is That's Not My Job. And it goes, this is a story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. Fuck off. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. Oh my God. (laughs) That's a good one. I put that in a frame. Nothing makes me madder than cutesy oh fuck you dude this is also this is the boss when it says everybody was sure that somebody would do it it means the boss made up something that they believe everybody should do but they never told them about it yeah yeah they feel like intrinsically we should all know to like take a toothbrush to this fucking grout you know you know what if this thing is in your face and it's bothering you fucking do just do it yeah take care of it no one else here gives a shit you made a fucking whole memo to hang on the wall (laughs) instead of just doing it yeah you know i do hate that shit about like they expect you to have known to do something i'm the manager i'm too busy finding things to manage about you (laughs) i couldn't take a break from managing everything that you do i was Uh, gonna clean it up but i had to make this memo and hang it up yeah i had to go look at you do your job and and tell you it was wrong yeah so uh, Brett sent me this this week from LinkedIn, and it is written by John Rampton, entrepreneur. Great, great so name, great name. He's an entrepreneur, is his job, which is funny. Are you looking for ways to motivate your people? 
If so, you need to start looking beyond monetary incentives. No, you don't. The reason? Employees aren't motivated by money. Lie, lie, lie. I've never heard an employee say I'm not motivated. Like, the, all... What is this fucking delusion that these people have that people, like, just love going to work and that the money is kind of or, like a secondary thing? Or that you could create an environment where they're like, yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool to hang out here. I like <laughs> I mean, I, w I would not take a paycheck. I just like hanging out here with everybody. It's so neat. Like when I show up, you know, uh, Susie, you're there like every day right there. You're sitting behind your computer. I love it. This is a great place to be. I look over there. It's Josh. Josh doing his thing. I just love to hang out here. This is my favorite place to be. I fucking love it, man. That's it's exciting. I, I would come here if it wasn't. For yeah, money, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I would. You know, watch Netflix on my double monitor over here, you know, for <laughs> all the time. So, uh, instead, they're motivated by intrinsic motivators like being recognized for their hard work, okay. flexible work time, okay. growth, and advancement. Now, let me say one thing about this. Uh, my wife recently won like an employee of the quarter thing or mm -hmm. whatever, and there was a recognition dinner or lunch. She had to go to this recognition. There have been dinners, but she won't go. Sure. <laughs> they're like, bring a date. You know, bring your husband. Let's go to this dinner at Buca de Beppo. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to. You know, <laughs> and she doesn't want to either. So uh, they they had a meeting. And I was like, uh, you like get anything? And she was like, uh, I had pizza. And I was like, oh, fuck that. You know what I mean? That's not like a prize, you know? And she was like, well... I also think that part of the, the, the bonus to it is that you get FaceTime with some of the higher-ups. Oh, great. <laughs> I was like, none of these are things that anybody wants. Nobody wants that. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> so the well, <laughs> It's funny that, like, the thing that you mentioned there, you said flexibility, right? Mm -hmm. On time. That just means doing less for the same amount of money. Yeah. That means you just want to be able to go home and pretend like you're working while you're also watching Love is Blind on Netflix. Flexible work time is kind of... That's... that's Yeah. They don't I do mean, that anyway. They you can, never do that. Here's the thing. Working from home, you fuck yourself over because you work twice as long as you would at the office. But at the same time, you can like also get some like casual sex in and do a nap and other like fuck shit. Like yeah, it is way easier to play around. Eat edible. Yeah, you can eat an edible and also answer Maybe email. Drink a beer. Yes. You know. Yeah. What was the other? Take way, a nap. What were the other ones? I'm sorry. What were, because the other one was also about money that they said was uh, uh, growth and advancement. That's also money. Yeah. Because the only ways, the only reason you would ever want to advance is because you get more money when you yes. advance. That's why people do that. Yes, yes. Absolutely. I don't, nobody advances for nobody likes a lateral move. No one wants to laterally move. No, no, no. Nobody likes a lateral move unless it means less work, and a lateral move never means no. less work. It always means more work. It means same money. It means basically you're yeah you're standing out by the garage and you're like I mean technically it's a lateral move but it puts me in the position to advance yeah later which on which it doesn't either it, but it could it could but the but the motivations once again come down to money yes the motivations always come down to I need more money so number one in the top ten tips here is uh autonomy mastery and purpose which but I'm gonna read this first. 
Autonomy. People want to have control over their own work. Instead of being a helicopter boss, give your employees the chance to make decisions. For example, if you have weekly meetings, at least have your team decide the topic or select the snacks that will be present. No, I mean, like, don't tell me I can't smoke weed, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, like, don't snacks. put up a sign. That, let them pick the snacks. They said let them. You know who else lets you do that? Kindergarten teacher. <laughs> That's true. That's we'll true. Let the kids pick the snacks. Wait, so so somebody's like, you know what? I, you know, I don't really need a raise as long as we can have some of those Gardetto mix. <laughs> What's that thing called? Gardetto mix. Gardetto, the yeah. like rye chips. Like I want a bag of rye chips. I, I would I would forego a raise as long as they had some fucking sesame sticks at the uh, company they meetup. Get, they get to pick the food for my <laughs> wife's work, but you gotta pay for it. <laughs> Like the snacks, there's like a little box by it. You got to pay money to get the snacks. So it's like, okay. Mastery. Everyone wants to get better at what they do. That is an That's true. overstatement. I think though. it's true. Not at work. I think that people, I mean, people are good at what they do and are like, the, the problem with work is that we really like do a lot more than we're appreciated for. Yeah. Like this is. These people are trying to manage us when all they could do was like say, wow, you really helped this business out a lot. Here's more money. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's money though. Everyone wants to get better at what they do. Provide opportunities to show your employees how they've progressed. Give constructive feedback. Provide performance metrics and create individual development. I plans. love, I love metrics. I just love when my boss comes to me and they they just lay a folder on the table and they're like, Brett, we've got a development plan for you. I just fucking go <laughs> ape shit, dude. I fucking I'm like digging my nails into the chair because I don't want to show how excited I am. I am, but I just love to be developed by by, by my employer, honey. You know? Get the champagne on ice. I've been given constructive feedback and provided some performance metrics. It's fucking It's on. happening. It's happening. It's finally happening for us. We never thought it could be us, but finally we're getting metrics. Real metrics, too. Not that bullshit feel-good metrics. The kind that tells you you're not going to get a raise this time around. The, the hard-cut raw shit. <laughs> Purpose. People want to be part of something that's bigger than themselves. This is true. Show how their work has benefited the business. You can't. And more importantly, we, I say you can't because a lot of times these things are so big. It's once again, like, I want to be something bigger than myself, like Disney, where like I get enough money. Like I want to be bigger. I want to be a part of the biggest money maker that there is so I can get a part of that. <laughs> That's what we're all looking for. I like this one too. And more importantly, show how their work has aligned with their values. <laughs> no. <laughs> Two, offer specific and sincere praise. Okay. There's no That's such nice. Thing, there's no such thing as giving too much recognition and praise to your employees. That's true. <laughs> we like. Do they understand that when they give you the praise, you're like, is it gonna make me some more money? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a simple thank you note or shout out during a meeting should suffice. Keep in mind, again, this is all instead of money. Yeah, this, this is, is what they're saying. <laughs> they're like when they're like, 
And Brian, whoop, whoop, <laughs> top salesman last month. That's instead of giving you all the extra money that you made for the company. They throw you a stress ball with the company logo on yes. it. Yes. <laughs> extra Red Bulls. Just make sure. He gets to go to the Red Bull refrigerator anytime he wants for the entire month of March. <laughs> he doesn't have, he's not restricted to two a day like the rest of you. Just make sure you're acknowledging tangible accomplishments. In other words, you need to quantify accomplishments by looking at specific metrics. This Love can include metrics. sales volume, contracts, bids won, amount of customers retained, or an increase in profitability. You know what I would like with that increase of profitability? More money. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Number three, develop a community. I'm just always like metrics have always come down to um, the breakdown has always been some of you are going to be on the top and some of you are going to be on the bottom. Like there was, it, it was like a microcosm of capitalism where like somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. So there would be like nine of us on the floor and we knew that three of us would get like a 5% raise and three of us would get a 3% raise and three of us would get a 1% raise. Put on improvement. But it didn't matter. How, it didn't matter. It didn't matter that we made money. It didn't matter that we didn't lose money. It didn't matter that things went well. It was just prescriptive that three people had to suffer in order for three people to do better. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like a lot of times metrics, I've always felt that metrics are really basically just a cover your ass thing for HR when they fire you. Yeah. It's a yeah. nice CYA as yeah, they yeah. call it, you know, in, yeah, it in give, HR biz. It gives them an opportunity to like, to, to get away from a court. Yeah, you know, yeah. fucking ruling. So here's develop a community by building a sense of community. Your employees feel connected to each other and not just the business. Well, oh, online forums can be used, but you can't replace old fashioned in person interaction. Yeah. Encourage your team to eat lunch together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a bonus. I just love like love eating with my coworkers. <laughs> love all these people that have been forced to be around all goddamn day just because I want money. I can't wait to hear their idle talk when we're off the clock and fucking eating sandwiches. Play games to give everyone a break. I mean, that's fine. Hold a conference or just throw a party to celebrate reaching a milestone. By developing a community also influences after hours bonding. That's why you should always invite employees and their families to events like company picnics. <laughs> Wait, who else would go? I don't know. I do not know who else would go to a company ba picnic. Back in the day, it was just like the CEO, and they were like, maybe we should let the employees come? Yeah. I never went to one. I've never been to an employee picnic. Oh, I love picnic. company. Company picnics are the best. I've never been to one. I don't know. You never go? No. My wife would never go to a company picnic, first of all, and I don't have a company. Well, I own a company, but there's not enough but employees. You never really worked? The, the you didn't work for a company picnic company? I did. Insight had company picnic. Dude, but I, I would just go. eat. Dude, even I would eat like six cheese sandwiches <laughs> and drink as much free soda and fucking beer as I could. I love company picnics. I love to go to an amusement park for free. That's how I'm a That's sucker. That's not what they did. I'm a sucker because, like, if you will let me get into like a water park. And you will also give me an enriched white bun that I can put mustard and cheese on. Like I'm a happy camper. Well, that the thing about it is they didn't, uh, they didn't do that. Wasn't what 
the 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 uh, amusement park I probably would have gone to because it would be like, oh, here's a way to take the wife and kid to the amusement park. The fucking they did it at like a park somewhere, uh, like a metro park. Just grilled those shitty frozen JTM hamburgers and uh, I got tossed the ball around. Maybe played a softball game, and yeah. they're just like, I'm not doing that. That you sounds. Know? I mean, maybe it was the '80s when my dad, early '90s. We went when with my, my dad, mom. My stepmom had them at Kings Island, and we would go, and that was always cool. But I never had a job that had that, and I did. I went to a holiday party once. They had a formal dinner at the cable. You don't company. like the you don't like the shit show, man. No, I like to show up for the thing. Like, I'm not into. I'm with you. I have. I think I have the same attitude, but something about me has this intense like uh inquisitive nature where i'm like i want to see what the, what are these people going to do with this thing well the formal stuff was cool like going to a formal cable guy thing there was a lot of like really cool outfits <laughs> yeah yeah um, i wore jenkos and a black shirt with a chain wallet at the to time. like a and fucking a spectrum like award ceremony or something inside and yes i went in there they uh give out prizes and people were like they fucking give out xboxes they give out 500 gift cards they they have an open bar two drinks each and uh it's pretty fucking awesome and i went there and i won a, a fucking food network tea kettle which food network gave to the cable yeah, company yeah, and yeah. they just gave to me and i was like i'm never doing this again this is not worth it and i was underdressed because i was going to a concert after it okay okay so like i was very underdressed too yeah, I mean, I've always been, I have always also agreed, like, whenever they say, hey, we had a great quarter, we bought lunch or candy bars for people, I'm always thinking, like, could you, could I swap, could I exchange this candy bar in for the 75 cents you paid for it, you know, yeah. <laughs> can I get three quarters instead? That's what I'm saying, yeah. Engage your employees in the incentive process. If you aren't sure what will motivate your team, don't be afraid to just ask them. For example, ask them what kinds of rewards they would like to receive through surveys, money, Survey. brainstorming sessions, a suggestion box, or questions during employee reviews. You're like, hey, hey, uh, you like pull up the pull up a chair and turn it backwards, and you're like, I saw a Groupon for axe throwing. I think we should just do it, gang. <laughs> right? We'd have a great time just doing an axe throwing out together. You hit your sales goal. We'll have go axe yeah. throwing. I'll tell you what, now that I think about it, if we hit our sales goal for March, let's do an axe throwing outing. Yeah. It's going to be a great like, time. No. I'm going to be like, no. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, thank you. Maybe I won't meet my sales goal, so I don't have to. Yeah, I'm going to accidentally injure your ass. And it's funny because like the incentive is money. That's what it is. That's what everybody is there for. If you ask 20 employees All of our lives. what would incentivize them to work harder, all 20 would say money. <laughs> Yeah, the, the I mean the the disconnect um from the disconnect from the mainstream versus what actually people are living is just becoming further and further. But it's everyone is doing any. The only reason we're doing anything is for money. Yeah, that's the that's the world. Number five, this one's hilarious. Get to know them as people. Oh, <laughs> nobody insidious. This is like <laughs> fuck. Either I could pay them. I guess I have to learn. I get to get to get, get to know them as people. I gotta ask them what their favorite band Shit, is, and I'm if just... they watch prestige TV. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna bring them into my office and pretend like we're having a moment together, and I'll talk to them about Harry Potter for 35 minutes. <laughs> that is dark. 
that yeah, really because you should probably fucking know them anyway. No, because they're people. But that you probably, I would think, have had conversations with in the past. Well, they did the research and they're like, either you can pay them or you can trade in your time. And they found out that your time is like worth more than money, right? That's what they're saying. I mean, I had bosses that, because the questions he says to ask are, what are your hobbies and interests? Do they have any children or pets? When you build a personal (laughs) relationship with your staff, you can find out what makes them tick. For example, <laughs> if they don't like working late because they have a dog, then consider allowing employees to bring their dogs to work. That's don't do that. Never gonna happen. There should never be dogs I, at work, and not like ever. Dogs. Nope. <laughs> More important, they should be outlawed from most society. No, don't do this. Don't. You're gonna get us in trouble. Well, I'm just saying, like your dog is your problem. Keep it at your house or away from me. Yeah, is what I always say. And I'm like, I love, I love that you love your dog. I don't like any of them. Yeah, it's not welcome in anybody else's spaces besides your own. (laughs) More importantly, when you show genuine interest in them, they'll do their best not to let you down. Which, the questions, okay, what are your hobbies or interests? I remember people would ask me that, and I'd be like, oh, I like uh, heavy metal music and, and like, uh, you know, action movies and shit like that. People shooting guns at each other. Yeah, people shooting guns at each other. Like, I'm into, like, that kind of stuff. The boss would always be like, okay, freak. And, like, walk away. It's like, you don't... The boss doesn't want to know your interests. Because when they find out, they always think you're a freak. Because everybody thinks that everybody else's interests make them a freak. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. That's just the it's that's human nature. I know I don't like to bring up human nature a lot, but we all think that the things that the other people are interested in are weird. I mean, and if anything, if you have I do have a boss. I have I've had bosses that were like, you know, oh, you went to a concert last night. What was that like? I only told them about it because it wasted time. Yeah. Like if they're going to invite me into a conversation about the concerts I went to or like the food I've, I like, I'm only in the back of my mind thinking I'm doing this instead of my job. I, I would rather do this. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think they're I, beating me. They're not time, beating me. One time had a half hour conversation with a guy about a U2 concert. Because it was at the call center, and I was like, I don't want to go back on those fucking phones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this boss was just telling me the minute details of this U2 concert he went to. I was like, oh, man, that's interesting. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's what they did? The Edge? Yeah. Really? Wow. <laughs> Bono was up there? Just, Holy shit. Did he sing Sunday Bloody Sunday? Wow. Yeah, I love that He had that glasses, one. the big <laughs> ones, the fly ones. Wow. Was there, like, big TVs on stage shit. and stuff? Wow. What about... What was it like when he said Katorse? How how fucking crazy did the crowd go when he said Katorse? This is a half hour, yeah. man. And he was like, you should probably get back on the phones. And I'm like, yeah. I, oh, I sure. Mean, unless you want to tell me about the yeah. openers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who opened? Or maybe we don't. <laughs> Seems like I should be on the phones, but we're having a great time right now. Me and you just talking about you too, man. I love you too. I'm, this, I've always been a fan. This conversation feels like an, a reward that is not monetary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, number six, offer flexibility. Offering flexible work schedules allows your employee to maintain a healthy work-life balance. We love that. Notice how work is always before life. This is because it allows them to meet family needs, personal obligations, and life responsibilities. Additionally, it lets them avoid commuting to work, reduce stress, 
and gives them a chance to work when they're most productive. Now, we know that that is not possible for, like, a huge, most people, you know? If you're working at a fast food restaurant, they can't give you flexibility. They will never do that. Yeah. I mean, they could hire more people and pay them well, and and then you would be able to provide flexibility, but a lot of those places are intentionally understaffed, so. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. Yeah, that is, uh, that's the disconnect, because... My wife and me and you and your wife, we have we do have opportunities to like work from home and all these this extra time and the ability to change our schedule. But the vast majority of people are not like that. Like no, we we can't. demand so much of everybody else. There's no way that you can put this in practice. No, you're exactly right. It, it's impossible. You to people that work at Target are never going to get a flexible work schedule. That's why I advocate for like um, work stable work schedules, work schedule stability. Because we know we know that these places, I guess, have to be staffed, but like they will move their times around so much that there's almost no way to organize. Clopening still happen. Clopening's are still illegal, are still legal in a lot of states. I I agree. Number seven, stay connected. Frequently keep in touch with your employees. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, please. They don't. hate that every time. I fucking had a Nextel at the cable company, and I was using it as my cell phone forever. I was one of those like white trash guys that was always on the walkie-talkie out in public. You know what I mean? A Dairy Queen line of Dairy Queen just. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> oh, fucking people. You know what I mean? Always said something bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, my boss would sometimes get a hold of me at night and be like, "Hey, on your job seven today, did you uh forget to wrench tight up at the tap?" And I'd be like, "Ask me this tomorrow." <laughs> I just put, I started keeping a phone in my van after that. Yeah. And once I got my own phone, I just kept it in the van so I never had to see it. Um, staying connected with your team allows you to offer training and tips that can improve their work. Love that. Sometimes before, right before bed, I'm just like, (laughs) boss, can I get one last training or tip? I send a text message at like 1159. I really do feel like, like text the way we run it for the people that work for us. I feel like they could come at any time because we're both the we're both bosses and we're both eccentric weirdos and keep strange hours. But I, I would never send Jake a text at two in the morning and expect him to get back with me immediately. No. I'm sending that so that the next time he's looking at his text, he sees it and then responds to it. You know what I mean? And I like but, that process. I mean, even in the realm of social media where we share everything about ourselves and we have DMs with people that we've never seen or don't know their even legal names and they know more about us, a text is still a, like a bridge too far. That's like a yeah. phone. It's a phone call. A text is. is a phone call. Which is wild text, thing to think about. Text makes it past all of your notification scrubbers. It makes it past all of like my the VPN that shuts down my social media. Text gets through. That's yeah. real communication. That's like reaching out and like grabbing somebody's you attention. It, you, you're, I mean, a boss that texts somebody, probably most of them aren't like us and they expect the answer right away. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like they, they see the red receipt and yeah. they're like, 
and they're going to hold you accountable. They'll receipts fucking all. ride you. They're going to write you up tomorrow. They're like he let the he let the, the red receipts sit for fucking ninety minutes. Yeah, I, I you know. Uh, uh, number eight, provide perks and privileges. Okay, again, like work life like money. Well, maybe maybe a good perk at work would be if they bought brought that uh the cash machine. Remember the cash tornado machine? Yeah, that you got inside of that had like a bunch of bills that like that like spun around and you could win money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that would be nice, but they're trying to do this without money. Oh, no money. Okay. So what is the option? Okay. Um, just give me a second. I'm. Uh, I don't know why I'm texting this. I can actually just say it out loud. Jason, we're almost done, but if you gotta like roll, it is pretty late, and I understand. There. I just did some bossing wow. right there. Uh, number eight, provide perks and privileges. Let's see what these privileges and perks are. Again, work-life quality is important to employees. When healthy, they will work harder and smarter. That's weird, the when healthy. That sounds... Like, just, like, don't... I just... You're like a lab rat. I know. I Well, they were talking about uh, on one of the HR sites that I checked for stories... They said, should you be taking your employees' temperature as they walk into work? (laughs) 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 Somebody's doing the math. Somebody's like, how many disposable thermometers do we have to pay for to get a temperature every day versus how much we have to pay out? Yeah, again, work-life... So they're saying (laughs) when healthy... They, They were saying this for coronavirus, to be fair, but... I feel yeah. like it's odd to have your work taking your temperature every hey everybody, day. everybody. Glad you're here. We're going to jump on the phones. We're going to have a great day. ABC, always be closing. But now we're going to take temperatures. Everybody's going to come around. We have disposable thermometers. And uh, we're going to see if you're infected or not. Everybody that's between 98 and 99 <laughs> gets a special bonus Yeah, today. you're going to get... You got 100, you're done. Yeah, you know, well, you're in no. trouble... We're not going to send you home. We're not going to say you can't write your own paycheck today, but all of you that have over a 100 degree reading on your temperature, we have a separate room. We set aside the conference room. The uh, Napoleon conference room is now set aside for anybody with a 99 degree fever or over. We did read stories about quarantining employees like years ago on this show. If they're sick, they can still come in. You just put them in a separate room. Yeah, just like, make a no, place for that's them. That's crazy. Um, besides flexibility, provide preferred sp- parking spots, longer lunches, or the opportunity to spend time on passion projects or tax- tasks they enjoy. What kind of passion project are you going to have at an office job? Like, is there somebody at the work that's like, yes, I know, I got to fill out all the money coming in and money coming out, but I have this other spreadsheet idea for some other stuff. That's what I'm passionate about. That's That other spreadsheet what, is nice. What if, what, if, what if you bought your, like, uh, gas-powered RC cars out? I just going to say that. Started, like, working on them at your desk <laughs> well, for, like, 90 be- minutes. They'd come out and be like, what are you doing? Like. This is my passion. I'm actually, I mean, I do spreadsheets for you, but I really want to get into like RC car racing is my, really my passion. Brian, you can have an hour to work on your passion project. And I pull out a fucking electric guitar. Oh, God. <laughs> Start strumming at the table. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see. 
Yeah, I don't want to see people tinkering on shit. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best in the world so if somebody would just at work and they were like i'm on my lunch i'm gonna play my electric guitar real quick someone starts worrying up a blender and making like baked make baked goods or something <laughs> i'm gonna whip up a strawberry fucking cake right now <laughs> Remember when employees enjoy their work, they're more productive. And that's great for your bottom line. Freak. Weird. Volunteer together. No. This is a thing I turned down at the cable company. Partially because I was a piece of shit. But they would go around the neighborhood that we worked in. And they would clean up litter. They'd all meet on a Saturday at 9 in the morning. Or a Sunday at 9 in the morning. Because people worked on Saturday. They meet Sunday at 9 in the morning. They go around the neighborhood and pick up litter. I remember the first time they fucking asked me about that. I said, do you get paid for it? And they said no. And I'm like, well, I'm never going to do it. Yeah. I mean, I never. I don't want to hang out with you people. And I don't want to clean up litter. Uh, does anything... And first of all, the kind of volunteering I do would make every single other person at work uncomfortable. Like, I want to volunteer for anarchist shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And social as shit. I don't want to just... I mean, I get the other volunteering, but it's like... If it's like a fun run or something like that, I'm like, eh, just... Let somebody else fucking do that, you know? Uh, yeah, it is amazing, too, that they're like, we'll get them to clean up trash. They'll never pay attention to their diminishing wages. Yeah. <laughs> I guess... Oh, okay. So I, I, I was going to say that this one isn't the worst okay okay volunteering that's fair is that's good, fair but uh let me read this last paragraph on it real quick it's not only good pr volunteering increases productivity boosts cooperation and attracts and retains employees there you know you know i have to say volunteering is does improve your life like it does they are they are basically they're using like a hack they're just saying like we can get these people to help other people out. They will understand that they have it way worse than they do here at this job. They'll never, they'll never question how bad it is here. Once they see how bad other people the food have bank. it. Yeah. At the mid Ohio food yeah. bank. They'll be like, oh, this, you know. Oh, I guess I could not have this job that provides so much for me. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I mean, this is more than a monetary reward for me. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. You know? That is, we need to do that. We should do that for the show. Yeah, why not? What we should do for the the Dude, food not bombs. No, Street Fight TV, not Street Fight Radio. Street Fight TV on Means TV. Okay. It would be funny to make a video of just people saying like corporate slogans out loud. Yes, yes. Like this is a rewarding experience that goes beyond monetary payment. <laughs> <laughs> just, that is great. I'm gonna write that down. Uh, and we got the final one here. Number 10, offer the opportunity for employees to learn desired skills. Okay. I'm going to read it. I like this I'm one. I'm going to read it. They're going to pay for me to podcast at work? Are they going to pay me to learn how to play Danzig songs on the guitar? <laughs> Is that possible? Okay, here we go. People get stuck in a rut when they perform the same workday tasks day in and day out. When you're in a rut, it's easy to become less motivated motivated creative and dissatisfied with your jobs can i say this something is, can i yeah I've i'm going to cut with, you off after you cut me off i'm sorry no you're fine i've worked with a million 
I've worked with a million older people, right, that have done the same job for 20 years. I did the same job for seven years. Uh, my wife's done the same job for 20 years. I mean, worked for the same place for 20 years. And uh, something that I think about a lot is that, like, nobody wants their job to be changed. You know, if you get a raise or promoted, of course, you want a new job. But nobody Reliability. wants the job that they come in and do every day their way to change. Nobody likes that. They don't want to learn all the other stuff. They want to do the thing that they come in and do every day. That's it. Yeah, I agree. I, I think uh, it's uh, th the way that they have framed this in that people can just come into work and kind of play around. This is like a six-figure lifestyle. Oh, for Like, sure. the people that think about this kind of stuff are ones that are like, you know, they have too much time on their hands because regular working people are doing a job with another job on top of it. Like, most people are working all the goddamn time. They don't have an extra 90 minutes during the day to do a ukulele practice. Yeah. You know, just to build their creative fucking brainstorming session. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's odd, though, you know? Like, it, could you imagine going to McDonald's or, like, showing up to your call center job and saying, like, could we get, like, an hour to do a little... I want to do a little bit of, like, woodworking or something. <laughs> I, I feel like it's kind of boring that I come here and I work and I just answer the phones. It's like, why can't I be creative while I'm here? Why can't I do some decoupage? I actually think that what they mean by this is that, like, you come into work and you rotate jobs every day sort of thing, you know? I think what he's saying is, like, you get in a rut when you perform the same task day in and day out. Yeah. So why don't you go, why don't, I'll throw it on McDonald's, why don't the people that make the hamburgers run the drive-thru today and the people that run the drive-thru make the hamburgers? Then we're well-rounded and we all know everything. Well, you know I like what that. I mean? Well, I like the idea of that. Right. But... Most of the guys, most of the people that do the hamburgers, they do the hamburgers because it's in the kitchen and you sure. don't have to deal with the customers. Because that's what I was shooting for, making yeah. the hamburgers. Not fucking selling the hamburgers. I wanted to make the fucking hamburgers. I, I just think that this, it comes, I don't think, it's just, it comes off as people that have too much time at work that are like, can I be developing like another skill while I'm here? And it's like... <laughs> Everybody else he is here just to do the fucking job. What are you doing thinking about like uh refurbishing mid-century modern furniture? Like yeah. that doesn't that has nothing to do with making sure that like these spreadsheets are done. Yeah. Yeah. You can these these kind of things are like when they talk about they, they say like Netflix lets you take as many days off as you want. And there's all these really interesting articles about places, but it all it doesn't matter to like the regular workplace. It all comes down to money per hour. They're trying to get the most amount of out of you per hour. These philosophical conversations only come from a place of millionaires. Where money isn't like yeah, money isn't the motivated. motivated by money. Like, I can go. I can, I can go anywhere and just get enough money to always have a car and a second house right. and all this stuff. But I want to go to a place where I can sometimes do a little bit of fucking taekwondo in the <laughs> afternoon. Like I can invite my sensei 
to come do a class in the middle of the day. Is that really big? That big of a problem, Mister Employer? You it know? is really detached from uh, anything that most people are seeing in their real life. I mean, I would assume even the people that read this thing on LinkedIn are probably, you know, a lot of them are probably just people making $40,000 a year doing spreadsheets or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not... It's not the rich people that are reading this. It's the rich people writing this. Yeah. You know? and It just and, comes from a weird place that yeah. ignores all reality and doesn't really address people where they're at. Uh, yeah. Because most people are not there. Because well, we want to think of... Yeah. yeah we're, we're like... We're obsessed with this, this philosophical world of yeah. work. So uh, before we get out of here, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read off some dates. And we got more dates coming up. So uh, we'll be announcing more dates. Oh, yeah, we have a lot. Yeah, we're going to be out a lot. So on March 18th, we're going to be in uh, Pittsburgh at Club Cafe, I think. It's like Opus. You you all know. Go to streetfightradio.com and click on the link. And it's uh, you'll find our Pittsburgh tickets for sale. Uh, Also, in April, we're going to Florida. And uh, we're going to do a bunch of... Uh, April go... 1st, we'll be at the Hooch and the Hive in Tampa. On April 5th, we're going to be at Rain Dogs in Jacksonville. And on April 8th, we'll be in Miami, Florida. Uh, we're also doing Orlando, Florida with uh, Mayhem Wrestling. So that's going to be a big event in Orlando, Florida at Sound Bar. Uh, there's going to be wrestling and Street Fight Radio. All of that information is available at streetfightradio.com. We're also going to have Jake Flores with us, one of our favorite comedians. He'll be providing uh, the opening entertainment. And then we'll, of course, bring him on stage to fuck around with us. Also, in Columbus, Ohio, tickets were just released, and it's only like two and a half weeks from now. But March 20th, Kath Barbadoro is flying to Columbus, Ohio. We're going to do a live show, our last variety show of the year. Before we take well, off on tour. Our last variety show for a while. Yeah, okay. Because we'll be out on tour. But we'll do I I'm talking about doing one out of state. Yes. Not too long ago. So we might we might uh we might do one out of state. But for Columbus, Ohio, March twentieth, please show up. I we have a big budget that we need to get paid for. We're gonna have Teratogen doing the music. We're going to have Kath Barbadoro as a guest. And, you know, we did get the feedback from Variety Show 1 and 2. There was a lot of guests. There wasn't enough Street Fight Radio. So Brian and I will do a half hour ourselves. And then Kath will do the other half hour. There'll be fun music. It's going to be a really good time and a big fun party. So head to store.streetfightradio.com where you can get tickets to our live show here in Columbus. Um, also available right now, tickets to the Hellfire Congregation of Radical Egalitarianism. That's the second iteration of our tour with the Trillbillies and District Sentinel podcast. That's happening in Philadelphia on April 30th at Johnny Brenda's. Is that right? Johnny Brenda's, April 29th. 29th, I'm 29th. sorry. And, and then, uh, but we're going to get those announced. We're almost done. We're, uh, I'll tell you what, if you know somebody in Bos- if you know a 100 seat venue, that'll give us a chance to do shoot two shows in Boston, let us know. And, uh, we would love to 
or, or want anything under 200, right? Is what we're looking for. Anything less than what we have to hire cops for. 200. We so, found uh, out that like, you know, in Boston, you ha if you have 200 people, you have to hire the fucking police. So we need a venue with 199 seats in it. And we will do two if we have to. We will so do it won't two shows of you out. 199. We would like to do two. Yes. Uh, so uh, if you know of a venue, we're still contacting them. It's we're trying. Boston is Boston's hard. a hard one. Boston's a hard place. And uh, I mean, you could probably, I don't know. We could announce even more on that tour. Let us just announce the tour. It's the Trillbillies. Tickets are available now, though. Tickets are available now. Littlefield in New York City. Trillbillies, Dizzer Sentinel, Street Fight Radio. It's happening. The f I again march 2nd maybe or 3rd i don't know the date not march may it's may, may 2nd or 3rd we're yes. getting it we'll we're going to launch that we're going to actually like a, make a big announcement with that one i believe they're available though they are available check you social can go media buy them yes check littlefield's website check johnny brenda's website get your tickets now it'll probably sell out Thanks for listening to Street Fight Radio. We are continuing to spread this mess across the U.S. and appreciative of everyone that is along for the ride. We will be back later this week on Sunday. We're taking your calls. It's the ABCD call-in show. Anybody but sis, dude. So please do not embarrass yourself and call in with your fucking stupid-ass voice. We'll hang out. We'll hang up on you. And we don't just judge by the voice. But if, I mean, if you're calling in, don't be assist dude please don't please don't just don't make us hang up on you <laughs> yeah we would appreciate that we're gonna have a guest in here for that too yes we will yeah street fight youth correspondent rachel will be with us to take your calls this sunday we are street fight radio please support us on the patreon uh we have more and more content coming that way and March Madness and some kind of monster. It's happening on patreon.com slash Street Radio. We need your your financial support to spread this mess across the US and we will see you on Sunday. Peace. Hey, my dick is still hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I need to see a doctor. Right. Right. Look. Right. 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 Otherwise, they pipe down. Y'all niggas rap too loud. Nigga, what's that sound? That's me sneaking in your house with a chop. I'ma put that bitch in your mouth. Mighty, mighty Miss Tokyo. Just like a window, I'm here to air it out. If a nigga don't like me, get me right now. Otherwise, nigga, pipe down. Y'all niggas rap too loud. Nigga, what's that sound? That's me sneaking in your house with a chop. I'ma put that bitch in your mouth. Mighty, mighty Miss Tokyo. Just like a window, I'm here to air it out. Bitch, he wanted beef in the parking lot. Uh, my niggas dogs and we park a lot. Uh, all the pot choppers they spark a lot. I'll beat your ass. I don't yeah. care. It's dark enough. Uh. I can't see the bullshit yeah. like Ray Charles. Uh, Y'all yeah. niggas f like James Charles. Uh, Ran a train on your sister like a fake car. Yeah. And a dick same size as my AR. Fat uh. uh, cold playing with the kitty, my nigga. I mean for really, my nigga. I mean the top of hold 150 bullets, my nigga. If you don't pull up, my nigga, then we can do it, my nigga. I mean ooh. That nigga pull up, he fly. We gon' fist fight, Lil D. No, I keep the strap like a D. Yeah, like suicide door, my whips to my wrist like that's the. Tuck your daddy with the dick, right? Uh, I need that ice.
I need that ice, bitch. I need the crystals. I need to put some diamonds on my pistol. That bitch won't suck my dick, but I won't kiss her. Uh, blow up like a missile. Yeah, blow up like a missile. Huh? She blow my dick yeah. like a whistle. Huh? Yeah. My diamonds pretty yeah. good and glitter. Uh, nigga don't like me, kill me right now. Uh, otherwise, nigga, pipe down. Uh, y'all niggas rap too loud. Nigga, shh. What's that sound? Uh, that's me sneaking in your house with a chop. I'ma put that bitch in your mouth. My name is Tokyo, What's just up? like a window, I'm here yeah. to air it out If a nigga don't like me, kill yeah. me right now uh, Otherwise, nigga, pipe down yeah. Y'all niggas rap too loud Nigga, um, shh, what's that sound? Uh, that's me sneaking yeah. in your house with a chop I'ma put that bitch in your mouth My name is Tokyo, just like a window, I'm here to air it out Bitch Also, I offer excellent toe-sucking services Ladies, hit my line, Kyoto's Revenge On Instagram and Twitter Selling dick, $40 an inch, Snapchat Premium, Amazon. You can download my dick off Google Drive. Uh, it's up for auction on eBay. I got a dick by the inch bargain sale going on on Craigslist.